Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in six different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church or how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Today's a great day. Today's Palm Sunday, everybody. Yeah, it's, in case you don't know what Palm Sunday is, this is, this is the Holy Week, as Heidi mentioned. It's, it's Sunday before the Sunday. We, we know there's Sunday, and then there's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, Good Friday, we call it Good Friday. It ain't good for nobody. Good Friday was a bad Friday for Jesus. We call it Good Friday because we eat crawfish. We know those, and then of course we know next Sunday is Easter Sunday. So we're we're backing you up, and we're going all the way to Palm Sunday. And why do they call it Palm Sunday? Well, I'm gonna I want to get you into that. I want to I want to show you today what Palm Sunday is. It's the day that we celebrate the triumphal entry into Jerusalem by Jesus. Of course, we know the end of the story, right? We know that he's going to be crucified. And so we're going to pick up the story in the final week of Jesus' life. And I'm going to take you to the book of Matthew. In fact, I'm entitling this message, The King is Coming. The King is Coming. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 17. I'll read a little bit and and make some comments on them. And uh, I pray the back got my notes I know they got my notes. I just hope I communicated well how to put these on the screen. We'll figure it out by the 8.30, and then we'll make it right by the 10.30. How many of y'all know? Y'all get the, y'all get the bread fresh out of the oven. <laughs> they get the bread when it's sliced with the butter on top. Here we go. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, this is Jesus and his disciples, to the Mount of Olives. This is important. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures, if you've ever been to Israel, or if you've ever seen it. And I'll tell you why at the end, why the Mount of Olives is important. The Mount of Olives is probably the pictures of modern-day Jerusalem or the old city of Jerusalem that you've seen, where you see that, uh, that temple mount that now has a mosque on top that has the gold. If you've ever seen it, It's taken from the Mount of Olives. I mean, from the Mount of Olives. It's about 1.86 miles from the top of Mount of Olives to go down into the valley into where Jerusalem is. Back to the Temple Mount is about 1.86 miles. And so that's where the picture is normally taken. And that's where they are, the disciples, looking down on Jerusalem. And then Jesus says to his two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you're going to find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. So you're going to find a colt with a little foal, a little baby donkey, you're going to find two. Bring them to me. If anybody asks you, you just tell them. A colt, in fact, some, some passages, some versions say a colt that has never been ridden, never been ridden, never been broken before. And so this is important. In fact, look at the next verse, verse 4. 
this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Jesus is coming on a donkey. It's important to know that he's not coming on a steed or a stallion. He is coming humbly on a donkey. When back in biblical times, when a king was going to be coronated or a king was coming back from battle, he would come riding on a stallion. Uh, Heidi uses this phrase often. I don't know if you've ever heard this, up on your high horse. How many of y'all say that? High horse. Oh, he was all up on his high horse. That's where we get that from. Because the king would ride in on a high horse. And Jesus wouldn't ride in on a donkey. He'd ride in on the colt of a donkey. Talking about a new kind of kingdom he was going to build. He wasn't going to take new land by force. He was going to take the land of man's hearts by love. He's writing in. In fact, let me show you the prophecy. It's actually found in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Listen to what it says. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt. The foal of a donkey. So Israel knew Zechariah 9.9. Jesus is going to get on this baby donkey and he is going to come riding into town. That's why we call it the triumphal entry. This is Palm Sunday. Verse 6 of Matthew 21. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks, their outer garments, on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And if I could push pause just for a second, let me just tell you what this was representing. It was not uncommon in tradition of ancient days to take off your cloak and to lay it down was like laying down your life. It was saying, we submit to you. You're the king. And so Jesus is riding down Mount of Olives. And, and those, if you, someday, I hope you get, how many of you have been to Israel? Anybody here? Been to, just a few of us? How many of you would like to go to Israel? You, you would? Is it a bucket list? Yeah, you, you want to do it. You want to go one time. It, it, it's a steep. They still have the same trail that Jesus would have rode the donkey on. And it's a steep trail down the valley. And, and so he's riding. They're throwing their cloaks. They're getting the palm branches off of it, throwing those down. So Jesus is not walk, riding this donkey on the ground. He's actually riding upon their cloaks. He's riding upon the branches that they laid upon the ground. And, and watch what, and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Whew. 
Now, I want, you, I want you to see what happens because this is not the normal Jesus that we normally see. You, in, in, in past verses, when Jesus does something miraculous, heals somebody, or preaches a message, and the crowds begin to come and give adulation, we see him slipping out the back. Not this time. This time, it's bring it on. Hosanna means save us. Save us now. Save us now. During Heidi's uh, affirmation earlier and talking about our community and where we're at and everything can be shaken, I'm going, Hosanna, Hosanna. How many of you know we need Hosanna? Economic times that we're walking through. Hosanna, save us now. We're walking through. Y'all saw the newspaper this week, just in Opelousas. Right down, the, right down the road, just maybe 100, 200 yards from the office, 2.30 in the afternoon, someone shot. Hosanna. Hosanna. Are you watching the news? The political upheaval. Hosanna. Hosanna. Save us. Save us now. No longer is he telling his disciples to be quiet about who he is. He's letting the world... In fact, Luke's version of this very same story, one of the Pharisees tells Jesus while he's riding the donkey, can you, can you speak to your disciples and rebuke them because of their shouts? And he says to them, if I did, the rocks would cry out. I, I, love, I love it was Spurgeon who wrote, he said, he said the, the problem with man, the problem with us, is sometimes in Christianity, we want to look down on those that are too enthusiastic. And then the problem with man on the other side is that we're not enthusiastic enough. How many of you know if you've been through some stuff and God comes through for you and you see the king riding on a donkey, man, sometimes you just gotta, gotta Hosanna! Can I get a witness? Anybody in the house? Man, God's come through for me. He's he's letting them. The spreading of the cloaks was an act of homage of his royalty. Hosanna, save us. At the same time this is happening, watch what was happening. In the temple, which is where he's going to end. In the temple, the rabbis, the Pharisees, are reading this passage. Psalms 24. This is the passage that the rabbis were reading at the same time. Lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? Of glory, the Lord of hosts, He is the King of glory. He's riding in Zechariah 9 9 on the donk, the colt of a donkey. Here we come. I don't know, I don't know. Any of y'all ever ride horses? Any horse riders in the room? I, I don't know, but when a donkey or a horse has never been ridden before. How many of you know we got a king that can even cause the submission of an animal? And, and not only a little colt, but then he's going to ride through crowds of people that are throwing things at its feet. 
yelling, Hosanna. How many of you know that was a God-ordained Zechariah 9-9 prophecy coming true? I don't know. You, have you ever seen Heidi ride a horse? <laughs> we've, we, they've warned us. We've taken our family on vacations, whatever, and there's horseback riding, and we went, hey, let's ride a horse. And they go, and how do you go, listen, I don't do good with horses. And they said, oh, don't worry, we got this old horse. <laughs> they brought out this old horse. They said, it's so calm. And he had a big old sway back like this. <laughs> had a big old sway back she got on that horse. I don't know, something about her accent or something. <laughs> she said, giddy up. <laughs> and when she did, that horse ran <laughs> like a scalded dog. <laughs> Whew. We've got the video right here. I want to show you. No, I'm teasing you. Isn't it crazy that the Pharisees are in the temple reading, oh, open up the gates, the ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And here he's writing, Zechariah 9.9, writing, and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Who is this king of glory? The Lord God Almighty, mighty in battle. And when he entered Jerusalem, verse 10, the whole city stirred up. Can, can, can we just go stir it up a little bit? Just go stir it up. Go stir it up. I, I, I can't preach good enough. Something has to happen. I love what Dr. Darius Daniel says. Enthusiasm is evangelistic. It's when people see God doing something in you and that comes out of you, it stirs up a community and a city. Don't underestimate the authority that you have and the power that you have when you declare the great works of God, even if it's what he's doing in your own life. So it's, it's through that he's stirring it up saying, who is this? And the people, they said it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth, of Galilee. I love that it says of Nazareth because Nazareth was a no-name city. There was nothing good came out of Nazareth. Can anything? In fact, they said that. Could anything good come out of Nazareth? It reminds me of Opelousas. Back in the day when we moved here and Heidi went into the, into the uh, post office to do the, the thing. Change of address. I can't preach alone. I can't. I need help. Change of address. And the, the, and the person behind the counter goes, you're moving from Lafayette to Opelousas? Why would anybody do that? How many of you know God loves putting the star over a Bethlehem? He loves raising up out of nowhere. He loves the odds. He loves it. I, I'm so excited. I, I can't even tell you things I want to tell you, but I can't even tell you yet. Because I've been sworn to secrecy. Though it's never stopped me before. <laughs> I feel like I have to hold restraint. God's moving. God's doing things. 
Dr. Darius' word during spiritual renewal, he said, quantum leaps, a prophetic word. He's going to take you from one place. He's going to skip the steps, and he's going to take you from one place to another place, just like that, quantum leaps in the name of Jesus. Can we just say thank you, Lord, and declare that? Quantum leaps in the name of Jesus. So Jesus is riding through, and Jesus is not telling everybody, tamp it down. This time, he's, he, I mean, they're going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, it, it's like Saturday night in Death Valley. LSU, LSU. That's what it's like. In fact, and, and Jesus is not going down, down. In fact, he's like Harold Perkins. Some of you will know who that is. And, and it's on a, a crucial third down. Do you know what happens in Tiger Stadium on a crucial third down? You know what the defensive players do? They, they go like this. They, what are they saying? Come on, bring it up. We need, we need it. That's what Jesus is doing. He's driving down going, come on. Come on. The king of glory is showing up. It's the triumphal entry as he walks into that place. And Jesus enters the temple. He goes straight to the house of God. And, of course, he drives out uh, and drove out all who were selling in the temple courts and bought the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And, he, and he's doing that because, in case you didn't know this, because you could go, and, and if you were poor and you had to have a sacrifice, you could actually buy a sacrifice before you went into the temple. And so the money changers, the people that were selling the sacrifices, were cheating the people. It was, it was almost like, you know what happens when, when, when prices go up, there was such a demand, and Jesus is turning them over, turning the tables over, because they weren't using the proper weights. They would weigh their money, and they were using, uh, they were cheating the people and causing ex enormous prices for sacrifices. And he said to them in verse 13, it is written... My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. This is important that you realize this. If you were blind, lame, or had any deformity, or if just things weren't right with you, or sick, or if you were a Gentile, you weren't welcome into the house of the Lord. You had to stay outside and offer your prayer in the courtyard. You weren't allowed to come in to the house of the Lord. And Jesus was saying, everybody is going to be invited to my house. The lame are going to be invited. The blind are going to be invited. The rich are going to be invited. The poor are going to be invited. The Republican is going to be invited. The Democrat. The black, the white, the brown, the yellow. Did I miss anybody? The red. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody's going to be invited into my house. Watch what happens. When the chief priests and the scribes saw this one, the wonderful things he did, they were indignant. They said to him, do you hear what these people are saying? And Jesus said to them, the children, even the children were saying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise? 
Oh, don't miss Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, Russell told you already, but the, the children are coming to sing. Listen to me. The, God is moving in our children's department even now. God is doing something in the hearts of our children even now. He can sanctify our children even on their level. He knows exactly what he's doing with our children. I'm, I'm so excited. We've, we've even had conversations like this uh, among our staff, even among our executive staff, directional team of going, we're waiting too long to identify the gift of God that is upon people's lives. We wait till they get into high school or into college when we can see God's hand on them already when they're in elementary school. And if we can start developing children now, pastors, worships people, singers, all that God has already got his hand on people. He's already per perfecting praise even upon our children. We give you the glory and the honor, Jesus. What a day, right? What a day. Zechariah 9.9, 9, the prophecy of old coming to pass. Could you imagine those disciples bringing up those, that mama donkey and that baby donkey? What are we going to do with this? You're going to get on the big one, right, Jesus? Could you imagine that picture? I hope we get to see it when we get to heaven, like they, they replay it. It's like video on demand. We get to see it because it's probably, Jesus probably like a big old boy on a little bitty donkey riding through and you're going to go. <laughs> Proving his ministry was going to be of love, kindness, humility, lowliness, not high horse, low horse. And it was going to be a different kind of, of, of kingdom. What a day. They praised him. Here's what they were thinking. Man, it's Passover. Think about it. Zechariah 9.9. 9. Our Messiah will be riding on the foal of a donkey. This is him. Hosanna, save us. I got it. I know what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Passover was instituted by Moses. Moses. Do you remember Moses? Moses, when Israel was in bondage to Egypt, and now we're in bondage to Rome. Oh, oh, and the death angel passed over because of the lamb and the blood on the doorpost, and now he's going to lead us out of bondage, out of Rome, just like they led, Moses led them out of bondage from Egypt. <laughs> this is amazing. I see what you're doing, God. Hosanna, save us. We're going to get what we deserve. We're going to get out of here. Unfortunately, that wasn't the plan. Have you ever figured out what God was going to do only to find out that wasn't what he was going to do? You, you, oh, I see, oh, I see what God's doing. You know what? God's going to come through, and he doesn't come through in the way you wanted him to come through. Am I the only one? I, I, I think sometimes I go, 
I got it. I know what God's going to do. I hate when I do this. I'll always say, I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. Because every time I think I know what God is going to do, he ends up doing something different. Always better. Better than what I would have thought if I was the Lord. And, and he, he's doing it to Israel. Because they're not thinking Messiah as in someone who's come here to die on a cross, they're thinking Moses, someone who's going to deliver us out of the bondage from Rome. So, on Sunday, they're saying Hosanna. But on Friday, they're saying crucify. How can you go from Sunday, Hosanna, to Friday, crucifying? Well, I think it happens like it happens to all of us. Let's just be honest. What was it really? Disappointment. You ever been disappointed? That's disappointment. They praised him on one day, on Sunday. I think they were looking for king of bling. Instead of king of kings. King of bling instead of king of kings. Jesus didn't come in to impress the world. He came to save the world. Jesus was incredible, was incredible disappointment, incredible disappointment to many. They were sorely disappointed because they thought he came to liberate the Jews from the Romans. But instead of trying to liberate the Jews from Romans, he was trying to liberate them from the sin in their own heart. Instead of taking place on a golden throne, Jesus is going to take his place on a wooden cross disappointed God never said that he would give you an easy life he said that he would give you eternal life God never said that he would never let you down he promised that he would never let you go God never said that everything in life would be good he did promise that it will all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Can I get a witness? Anybody in this room? Mm. Victor, come and help me just for this. I'm going to close this. It's going to take me a minute. Jesus died. Let me just ask this question. How about this? How do you respond when your hopes have died? What do you do when God doesn't come through? I thought he was going to get us out of the Romans. What do you do when you're disappointed and what you thought God was going to do, he doesn't do? Can I help you? Disappointment? Uh, you're going to have some disappointment in this life. And if you're, you might have disappointment now, 
And you may be saying, Pastor, you, I'm good. I can promise you disappointment will come. Somebody's going to disappoint you. And what do you do with that disappointment? That's what the Jews are facing. Hosanna on Sunday. Crucify him on Friday. You ready? You're not going to like what I'm going to say. Ready? What do I do with disappointment? One. I only got two. One. Praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. Praise him anyway. Some people only praise when God comes through. I'm saying you got to praise him to get through. You just, don't, don't praise him when God comes through. Praise him to get through. Praise him to get through. He is the only one who is worthy of our praise. Why don't you just go ahead and give it to him? I, I, you've heard me. I've preached it before. And you were talking about Jericho. God didn't ask them to pray it. Pray those walls down. In fact, at the end, he says, now I want you to praise the walls down. Sometimes you just got to praise your way through. I'm just going to praise God. I'm going to give God all the glory. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. I'm just going to give God praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. you got to praise your way through. Good times, bad times, it really doesn't matter what season you're in. In fact, you, we're, we're, all in, we're all in a tough season or we're all in a good season. Anybody here in a good season right now? It's been a good season. Go ahead. Give God all the praise. It's been a good season. How, how many of you right now, you've been walking through a very difficult season? Go ahead. Just lift your hand. Just go praise God anyway. Because here's, I got good news and bad news. The good news is, if you're in a bad season, it's going to change. It'll be a good season. I got bad news for some of you. If you're in a good season right now, a bad one's coming. So why don't we just give God all the praise, whether it be good or whether it be bad. We just give God all the praise. and He's the only one that's worthy of all our praise. Oh, listen. I, you, know, you know what praise does? You know what praise and worship the Lord? And I consider them both prayer. Praise and worship, when I praise him, it gives me perspective. I, I think it, it, it might have been Keisha. I heard her say, Come and magnify the Lord with me. It's a scripture. Come magnify. What's magnify mean? Make bigger. To make bigger. You're magnifying glass. How many of you ever did that? How many of you ever killed insects with a magnifying glass? You lie, you fry. You're in church right now. Bellard, you ever did it? Yeah, he did. Praise God. Have you ever took the sun and you took and you, you just, you just <laughs> killed stuff? No, you magnify. You, you, you make it bigger. You make him bigger. Now, you're not actually making him bigger because he's already omniscient, omnipotent. He knows everything. He's everywhere. We already know what kind of God he is because we know the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, patient, kindness, long-suffering. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're long-suffering. That means he should have killed you and he didn't. That's long-suffering. 
patience, kindness, gentleness. So we know what kind of he, but praising him doesn't actually make him bigger. It just makes him bigger. You start to see more of him is what it does. You, wait a minute. He's bigger than I thought he was. He's greater than I thought he was. He's stronger than I thought he was. What does that mean? It changes your perspective. That's why David, little David, little shepherd boy David, out in the wilderness watching sheep, writing songs of praise and worship to the Lord. The, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me still. He's writing these songs and singing them. That's why when he shows up on a battlefield and there's a nine-foot giant and everybody else is shaking and he says who is this uncircumcised Philistine why it wasn't because he saw how big the giant was he just knew how big God was it gives you perspective you're not seeing the right thing because sometimes our eyes usually go down to the size of our problem we end up shrinking God to the very size, and we think, oh my gosh, this is going to be difficult for God. Look at me. We always say nothing's too, nothing's too difficult for God. That's not true. Nothing is difficult for God. Everything is easy. The God that we serve. So if you're disappointed, I got a word for you. Praise him anyway. Give him the glory anyway. Make him bigger. Magnify him. If you'll magnify him, it's not that your problems get smaller. It's just that your God gets bigger. Praise him. Anyway, do y'all receive this word? Let me give you number two. What do you do with disappointment? Number two, remember, not now doesn't mean not never. Not now doesn't mean not never. Let me say it again. Not now does not mean not never. Timing. There's seed. There's time. And then there's harvest. Seed. Say that with me. Seed. Time. Harvest. Not only do we need to trust God with the seed, but we also need to trust God with the time, the timing of the Lord. The Jews were disappointed because he didn't do what they expected. They were expecting a king on a stallion to go sit on a throne to deliver them for the Romans. Keep praying, believing God for the impossible, but you got to trust his heart and his timing. John Piper wrote this. I know Russell will appreciate this. Occasionally, weep deeply over the life that you hoped you would, that, start over. Occasionally, weep deeply over the life that you hoped would be. Grieve the losses. Feel the pain. Then wash your face. Trust God. And embrace the life that he has given you. 
if God never did one more thing for any of us, one more, he's already done more for all of us than we'll ever deserve in a hundred lifetimes. That's the God that we serve. Thank you, Lord. Oh, by the way, by the way, just sidebar, sidebar. The Jews were disappointed because he didn't come and deliver them. Seed, time, harvest. The king is coming back. And guess where he's going to land when he does come back? The scripture tells us he's coming back and he's going to put both feet, poof, on the Mount of Olives. In fact, the scripture says that the Mount of Olives is actually going to split when he, when he hits the ground. And one will be on one side and one foot will be on the other. And this time when he comes back, he's not going to be riding a donkey. He's going to be on a white stallion. And the scripture says fire. His eyes will look like flames of fire and his tongue will be a sword. And it will say on his leg, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is going to come back and deliver all who are there. All of his people are going to go be with him forever and ever and ever. And he will deliver us from the spirit of Rome that is now just it's, it's, it's going across the earth. He's going to deliver all of us from all of it. He's coming back again, y'all. He's coming back. Listen to me. Yeah, don't clap. Go invite somebody. Hosanna. Save us. Hosanna. Save us. Come, Lord Jesus. At the end of the book of Revelation, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Oh, the Spirit's always willing. We just got to get the bride, the bride of Christ, us willing to say the same thing. Can we just add our voice to what the Spirit is saying? Come. Can the bride begin to say, come, Lord Jesus. Would you come to Opelousas? Lord, this little forgotten town, will you put stars over a town called Bethlehem? You rose Jesus from a place called Nazareth that people said, can anything good come out of it? Lord, we know the reputation of our community and our city. Lord, could you change all of that? Could you put a star over Opelousas? Because we hear the Spirit saying, come. And can now we join with the bride, the voice of the bride, and we say, come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Would you come? Lord, would you come again and deliver us from the Spirit? Father, we thank you for, we ask, would you just say it? Send revival, Lord Jesus, to our community. Send it to our community. I pray you anoint these hearers today, that the word of the Lord would be upon their lips, that the anointing of the Lord would be upon them to be gatherers, to put a sickle in their hand and be used for a harvest time for such a time as this. Lord, we're asking, Lord, would you send revival to our community? We need it, and we thank you for it. Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. It's in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just let's give God all the praise. Come on. We... Lord, we give you glory, honor. You're the only one who deserves it. We give you praise, glory, 
and honor. You're the only one who deserves it. We give you praise, glory, and honor. You're our King, the Lord Almighty, mighty in battle. We bless your name. We praise you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. There's nothing impossible for you. Nothing is difficult for you. We praise you. No matter what season we're in, we praise you. We praise you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, maybe you're here today and you've been disappointed. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. Maybe today is the day that you would surrender your life to Jesus. In fact, if you're here today, you don't even have to raise your hand. Just call on his name. Just say, Jesus, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And today I'm going to turn my life over to you. I'll lead you in a prayer. Congregation, would you add your voice to theirs? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner. I've sinned. Would you please forgive me? I'm asking you to wash me clean. Make, give me a new heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to follow you. I surrender to you. And I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise? Thank you. Congregation, listen to me. Listen to me right now. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward if you prayed to receive Christ today. If you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life today, please walk up for it. We just want to pray with you. We want to meet you. We want to help you with your next step. Let me pray this blessing over you as you go today. Would you just stretch your hands to heaven? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. And in your going in to your coming out again, may all that you set your hands to, seeking first the kingdom of God, may he bless it and prosper. And I bless you. In the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the all-abiding Holy Spirit, you just say, I receive that. We love you. God bless you. Have a great, great day.